Well, on any kind of level of project, you're still starting as a general rule with nothing and having to create something out of that. Hello and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. My name is Kath Hughes and I am a coach here at WP Elevation. I also run a WordPress design and development agency based in Sydney, Australia. So I'm very excited to announce that our feature guest this week is Dee Teal, a Melbourne-based WordPress enthusiast who's currently working full-time as a project manager for Human Made. In this episode, Dee, also known as the Web Princess, and I are going to talk about project management, how it looks at and works at scale, what tools and techniques we can borrow from enterprise PM strategies, and possibly what we can apply to our own freelance, micro, and small to medium projects. So stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hello, my name is Kath Hughes and I am a coach here at WP Elevation and I'm really excited to be interviewing, I'm going to say, one of my best friends ever, <laughs> D2, aka the Web Princess. Now, D works as a project manager for Human Made and she's kind of one of the unofficial ambassadors for WordPress and the unique community community that revolves around it. She's also a cat owner and we may meet Miss Lulu this afternoon <laughs> and a pretty oh, top chick. Dee, Dee, I've been Hi. waiting to get you on the show and now you're here and we're having a live podcast together. Welcome. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your background is and how you found yourself at Human Made and who they are and what you're doing there? Well, to start, Human Made are an enterprise WordPress development agency. So we build really, really big projects for big companies mostly, and a lot of them are in the uh, publishing um, and media space. How I found them, well, quite a few of my friends work there. That was quite helpful. But um, I've gradually, over the years, since I started in web, which was in the early 2000s, um, going through that whole process of learning how to do all of this web stuff and then building up my own freelance business and then getting to that point recently where it was like, well, what's the next big thing and going to work for somebody else, was it? Yeah, and no, I, re I remember it being um, quite a difficult decision for you to make because it was such a, a huge chunk of, you know, almost how you identified yourself is you were this kind of master of your own universe kind of thing. Um and then moving into an employment role and then yeah. through the different employment roles that you've worked as since then, um, it, I can imagine it's been a big a big chunk of headspace for you to, to kind of get over but then get on board with as well. well. It was helpful having the opportunity to kind of try them out before we decided that this is the way to go and it helps working for a company that gives you an awful lot of freedom. So yeah, so I've got all the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes, I've read about <laughs> how awesome their freedoms are. Um, <laughs> so without giving away all the kinds of details of such big enterprise level WordPress agencies, mm -hmm. what kind of projects are you guys working on at the moment, roughly? Well, so the one that I'm working on at the moment uh, revolves around creating a new CMS and newsroom management workflow, basically, based, of course, on WordPress for a big newspaper or former newspaper publishing company. So, so we're basically creating this custom CMS that incorporates a whole lot of their different kind of workflows that you wouldn't normally need just to log in and write an article in WordPress. 
And ha- and what is it like? How long is that? Like this big project that you're working on? Like, what's the what's the, the scale of that in the terms of length? Yeah. So we started this in October of last year, and the first release of something going live will happen in August. Amazing. So it's a long time. That is. But there's a massive amount of customization to WordPress. In a lot of cases, it's actually unrecognizable. Amazing. Wow. Uh, I can't, yeah, like a lot of us um, in still kind of working in these small businesses generally, like our timeframes for websites could be something as like small as four weeks or it could, you know, be 12 or 16 weeks. But, you know, these long ones, I can't even imagine what it's like. It must be really different um so before i crack into all my questions about that i'm just going to let our audience know that the key points from this episode will be put together and included in some show notes under the video um along with any links or tools that uh, Dee mentions today and where to find us so there's no need to take notes just keep back sit back and, and keep listening um so let's get into it d project management like firstly do you uh, what are the what are the key similarities across big and small projects? Like, what what are the what are the things that stick, no matter what the size? Well, on any kind of level of project, you're still starting as a general rule with nothing, and having to create something out of that. So, uh, so so when you're looking at trying to kind of break up this project and what you're building, you're doing the same sort of things. It's just that the scale is different that there may be a lot of big customizations or changes that we're making for this enterprise project. But at the end of the day, we are still starting with something and starting with nothing and then turning it into something. Yeah, right. Um, and, and moving on from that, I guess, what are, the, what are the big differences when you get to scale? So if we're talking about, say, a web development project, um, once you start getting to enterprise or these large-scale, high-traffic websites, some of the things that you have to think about differently are how you're coding for performance, um, whether you're coding for a like a web host that has particular rules around the kind of code that they'll allow. Yeah. So there's a lot more code review involved in that. You also, at enterprise, you're also usually working with a lot more people. So you have to have really strong revision control and processes around how you commit code so that if you've got people all working on the same code base at the same time, you're not getting into situations where you're tripping each other up and breaking things. And has that been a big thing for you to learn is like understanding all those revision controls and the and the, the different hosting, like, guess limitations and those code reviews because that sounds like it blows my head just thinking about it and yeah. wave at wave at the team for that one <laughs> but well, well I, I have the advantage in that I'm not actually doing the code so I have to have an overview and understanding of how that works yeah but I don't have to physically sit down I mean I understand git I, I've used git even as a solo operator myself as a revision control tool um, but having to work on it with multiple people takes a little bit of getting used to um but you know one of the advantages of having a team a a group of people is that you've got people to bounce ideas off each other and and to help review the code and make sure that you know that you're up to speed yeah it takes yeah it takes a mindset just in terms of the practicalities but also being able to be robust enough internally to have somebody go you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) 
So, which is not <laughs> <one of those laughs> it happens. It happens. And I have. I mean, personally, I worked in. Um, I worked for a national radio station, and we didn't quite have as 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 you know, like as quite a seamless. Um, uh, schedule as you guys have got, no doubt, because you are at the helm. But um, I do, I do remember working with some of the teams and the amount of different meetings and things that we had, and like how kind of structured everything was, and how you had to keep kind of coming back to that structure. If at any point there was any kind of conflict, it would always come back to that skeleton of what we set out to do, and here is where it sort of sits in that timeline, and what is going to move here is going to affect things in six months' time, so do you want to make that decision? And I yeah. think that, that that is probably to a lesser degree what happens with our sort of like a smaller level projects where you're only working on 12 months, uh, 12 weeks or 16 weeks, 18 weeks, whatever, but you, you can actually see, okay, like those are still feasible deadlines. We're seeing something not happen for six, 12 months down the track because of one little kink or, or cog kind of falling out of place. I remember that being like, there would be meetings about that cog, you know, like yeah. <laughs> whether or not it was worth sacrificing. So I know I do recall that being a thing. I think I think one of the other kind of critical differences is when you're working for yourself and it's just you building a website from start to finish, you, you can't leverage the – in the same way as you can when you have a team – being able to build parts, you 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 have to build in a, a you know a linear flow. You've got to do this yeah. bit before you can do this next bit before you can yeah. do the next bit before you can do the next bit. And there's lots of ways around that that can actually be quite challenging to manage the process and and to manage the timelines and to make sure that everything stays within budget and within scope. Whereas when you are working on a on a bigger project and you've got my current team, I've got seven devs in my team at the moment. And we're part, a small team in a much bigger picture of three or four other teams working concurrently on the same thing. And and when you have that, you, you could have, I can have three people working on one part of a feature that we're building. Yeah. And four people working on another part and we can do a lot more stuff. It's a lot more agile, I guess, which is the, you know, the word of the day, but um yeah, it's, and it's a different headspace to manage that because you're not always sitting there looking at all the dependencies going, I can't do that until this. You've just got this opportunity to, yeah, to, to work a lot more flexibly, I guess, and to be able to deliver features and bits rather than necessarily having to wait until the whole thing is finished before you can call it done. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to flip our original question list around okay. a little bit because I want to move on from that sort of nicely. Um, yeah. And and so to say, you have done some courses and stuff now on the mm -hmm. whole project management and is it what's what's the name of the course that you did? So I Scrum. did the Scrum Master Course, which is part of a framework called Scrum, which is a whole other kettle. We could do a whole podcast about that. But, um, <laughs> we'll spare we'll spare the Scrum at the moment. <laughs> I'm imagining some kind of football. So well, football, that's, like, that's where like, it comes from. Shoulder yeah. devices required yeah. for that. But I just want to say, so you you. Do you do you feel or do you think that the experience on the floor is where you learn the most um, of the foundations, or or is it um, or is it actually like those those courses that you need in order to be able to take them and and run them run them properly? Like, um, do they need to kind of be drilled in before you can actually make this whole whole set of of workflow um, successful? So. 
over the top of that is this idea of, so this was Scrum is a particular framework for large-scale project management within an agile philosophy, basically, which is a whole lot of terms that may or may not be familiar to people. So for me, the experience that I had on the ground with kind of the guys that I was working with before Human Made, I was seeing a lot of the of the Scrum artifacts or the bits and pieces before I actually knew what they were. Yeah. So for me, the, the training started to make sense of that kind of after the fact. In the same way that when I was learning to code, I was doing things before I actually really knew what I was doing. I just knew that I had to do them. <laughs> I'm so, laughing because all I can think of myself is they're going, like looking at things like, See, like little attributes of CSS is going, I really am not the best person to do this, but there's no one else to do it, so I have to do it. So I yeah. just like learning on the fly. And so, how we all kind of cut well, our yeah. turn. So, so it, it kind of, it, it, for me, the, the training helped make sense of what I was seeing. But at the end of the day, going from that, understanding, having done that training and worked with another organization before and seeing how they were doing, with different clients, seeing how they were doing it and coming in and having to introduce it at ground zero for this new project because when I started, it was my first day on the job formally. Well, my first day on the job was the first day on this project and was on the ground with the client, basically throwing in headfirst to the sink or swim situation. Um, I feel like... Everything that I learnt helped. It's like the recipe. You get the recipe for making a pie and or making the crust of the pie, which is the part that can easily go wrong, right? So you work and you work and you work and you use the recipe because you know if you do the recipe right, you'll get it right. And it's not until you've spent longer and longer and you get more and more familiar that you can start messing with the recipe. So for me, with this whole Scrum thing and using that as a particular framework for project management, Learning, going to school to do the study helped me get the recipe. And it's now eight, ten, well, it's longer since I've done the training, but now on this project for as long as we have been, which is, what, ten months now? Um, now I'm getting to the point where I go, I can see why we're doing all of these things, but I can also see how we can do what we're doing on this project. You can add tum turmeric. Yeah. You can add turmeric. Add turmeric <laughs> to, to, my, to my apple pie crust. <laughs> All right. So uh, what can we take from the project management stuff at scale um, and, and using our, and our small projects? Like what can, what can we like, what are the, the, the gold you reckon that we can all take on and, and do a little bit better? Or what are the things that you wish you knew when you were sort of doing it on your own that you could have applied then now that you know them? Sure. Sure. <laughs> not muddling or confusing at all. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Um, so, so there's a couple of things. Um, one is stop being scared of the client, actually, which I don't have written down in the list, but it occurred to me as we were talking. One of the things around Agile is this transparency um, and to keep in, in regular contact. And I was going to say constant contact with the client. That can be a pain because you know you've always got those clients that want to tell you everything about how to do the thing that you're doing. And and But um, one of the things around Scrum or some of this Agile stuff is to be transparent with the client. Yep. So, um, and I'll come back to that. I'll circle back to that in a second. The, the other thing that I have 
that is was one of the critical things for me and the thing that we don't do when you're running on your own because you know that you've got so much time between now and when you have to complete this thing is actually invest some time at the top of the project to analyse what you're doing and looking at the project and going, okay, so I can see the big picture here. I can see all of the parts that the users of this website are going to need. And then actually having some of those conversations with the client around that to help make a better project. Like if you think about it at the top before you actually just, because I know you want to hit the ground running and just build this thing because you can see how it's all going to work. But funnily enough, a lot of the times, um, and I know that you guys um, in the consulting and stuff that you do with clients are actually a lot better place than I would have been five, uh, three years ago when I was kind of building some of these things to actually talk about the clients and to work through what you're doing. Yeah. I feel like it was a bit fuzzy, but this whole idea of, really getting to the bottom of what the project is that you're building in consultation with the client and the people that are going to be using yeah. it is actually really valuable investment at the beginning so that what you end up building is what they wanted yeah. rather than what you think they need or yeah. what such a and good point actually that one and i'll just cut you off just to, to to reel that in is that we i mean at wp elevation we kind of call that whole phase the discovery phase and we actually get to the point now where we you know where the where the project warrants it will make like working prototypes yeah. to enable to in order to explain some functionality because the functionality just isn't within the realm of the client's thinking they've seen yeah. a you know they've seen an e-commerce store they've seen a hundred e-commerce stores they know what they do but they don't know what the e-commerce store that you can do within their budget is going to do yeah. and so those kind of prototyping is something that if we get the luxury of the time, the budget, we, and and we can move that discovery period like phase right up to the top and and talk about it then. It does mean that right at the end when we're rolling things out and they're testing, they go, it "Doesn't do this. It's not going to happen." So I think yeah. that that's a really valuable point to be making is like that top level um, planning and organisation is going to make the end of the the job less bumpy. Yeah. And I think even when with the standard WordPress project, there's there's a sense in which you can kind of, I'm going to say template out some of those, you know, a website's a website's a website, right? So uh, as often as not, you'll be able to break down all of the kind of parts that you need. So when I, so when we're creating this project, we're creating a backlog with a, basically this massive to-do list of all of the things that we actually need. And then we use other tools to actually organize that backlog. But when we're structuring that backlog and going, what are the most important parts? What are the things that we have to do first? And we're prioritizing content. We're always kind of working towards being able to show the client or the stakeholders at some point something that's working. So throughout all of our build process, we, we break, the, break the build up into chunks of time. And at the end of each chunk of time, we'll say to the client, right, here's what we've got to show you this time around. Or at the beginning of that chunk of time, here's what we're going to be working on. Or the client's able to say to us, I want you to prioritize this feature because we think that this is going to add the most value to the project. And again, because we're working on these great big long-term things, they want to be getting business value fairly quickly through the process because they're yeah. spending money on you doing this. And so that's one of the other key takeaways is do the stuff that's going to help build their business value first and you, you're not only winning yourself to them from a skills perspective, you're going, hang on a second, I'm thinking about your business and this is going to help add this value first. Yeah. The client's got, you know, you're winning yourself to the client so yeah. many ways over. 
Yeah, no, that's that's got so the, uh, to put it, I guess, into the small context is like um, I have a customer who who potentially like has all these things that they want done with their website, but the thing that's going to add them the most valuable value now and the the is going to take the most work off their desk now is actually putting in an online like a long form online form that collects data and sends it to their database so that they can use that to then get um, information out to. Yeah. The customers and it's going to take up to three or four hours off their desk yep. in emailing and back and forth and checking and getting people's you know and that so I can see immediately like they think it's long and hard I see it as a solution to get them moving towards their goals quicker yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a really good point I think where you can get those I guess they're kind of easy wins but they're also they're valuable valuable um, milestones in yeah. addressing the clients and needs so. And partnering with the client and getting away from this occasionally adversarial idea of clients kind of getting in the way of your business of, you know, they've contracted you to build them this thing. Um, and I don't know how many times I've sat there and got frustrated when they contacted me. Hey, we want to do this. Hey, we want to do that. Because I'm an introvert who likes sitting at home with my computer on coding the thing, whereas what I'm having, what one of the things I guess I've had to learn coming into this project management thing is I'm the interface between my team and the client now, and yeah. so um, I have a lot more respect now for. Hang on a second, the client's not an interruption to what I'm doing. I'm actually partnering with them to build yeah. this great, big, and awesome thing to build their business, and which of course helps build the business that I work for. Yeah, that's a that's a good mindset shift as well. Is that you know it's not just work that you have to do. That's you know that's a job when you're yeah. in business you're you're working towards a relationship yeah. um that hopefully is going to go the distance and you're going to be able to sort of take that client and then nurture them through the through through their business for the next few years yeah. partnering with them so you don't want to stuff that up right at the start and you don't want to be sort of negativity like they come up with an idea that they have and that you immediately know you can't immediately do not to go back negatively and say no sorry it can't be done it's going to cost you this much, which is you've inflated the amount because you really don't want to do it. You've got to like stop thinking like that and go, okay, great. So we're at this point. We could either do this, this, and this, and it'll affect this end at this bit, or we could wait until we roll this bit out. You're going to get this, this, and this piece of functionality, and we'll probably like scope that out and work out yeah. a plan. And I think as long as you're positive and sort of affirming that yes, it can be done. We just need to. We just need to plan it and and sell them yeah. on the business benefit of that too. It's yeah. like, hey, we can build this bit and this bit and this bit, and we can launch that now, and that will actually start some revenue coming in because yeah. it's you know. And then this, once you've got revenue coming in, well, then we've got the scope to be able to spend some money on the next part and actually bring in even more. Yeah, yeah. Which right. is one of the things that we you know, certainly is a huge feature of Scrum is building that business value and getting money back to the client as quickly as possible. Very, very cool and always worth having an, at front of mind whenever you start something new and then continuing your relationships with your existing clients as well. Now, um, all right, I'm going to jump into our fun ones. Oh my God. <laughs> so tools, shiny things. Tools, the shiny things. Any recommendations or is this going a bit down, down a rabbit hole? Well, it, it could be. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, again, this is a whole, you can do a whole talk on different kind of project management tools at its most basic. Can you see over my shoulder there? Yeah, um, I know. I've seen this thing. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen this, what do we call it? Kanban chart. Kanban board. 
I've see, seen it in person and there's some fairly objectionable things in there. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That one. Oh, oh, that, that, I totally cleaned that one up. And it was only objectionable because of your interpretation of it. It wasn't objectionable. Uh, correctly. Yes, yes. Uh, Dee thinks it's very important to include have a cup of tea on her Kanban board and that is totally fine. <laughs> you thought I was going to embarrass you then. I did not. Yeah, no. Um, um, so... So that even, you know, as people talk about, well, you know, what's the best project management tool? Here's one that you can start like now. That's three columns and you won't be able to read it from there, but it says to do, doing and done. And then on the, on the, you know, underneath all of those are just my list of jobs to do. And then I can move them across the board, you know, as, as they move through that process. I mean, obviously there's digital ways to do that. So you can use Trello and achieve exactly the same effect um asana has boards now too asana as- has boards now too and i and i um i still like asana as a list isn't that funny like i spend all my time on boards we're using jira um at work because that's what the client uses and so um and there's lots and lots of amazing features that that can do when you're working at that kind of level with all of these different teams mm. ago but um yeah, I love the whole just drag and move it across. Yes, yeah. I can see it's that. It's very visual, isn't it? And I think at the end of the day, you can have these micro, you know, Gantt charts and whatnot, but if you have to squint to see well, them. A Gantt chart, and again, I'm, I guess I've come into project management directly into Agile rather than Waterfall. And again, what the Gantt chart is doing is start here. It's that whole process of Moving you can't through. do this until you've done that. Dependencies, that. yeah. Yeah, and so um, I see people in the Agile world still, you know, twitching because they don't have one. And it's like, yeah, I don't have that. Yeah. I don't have that back story. So. No, it's all right. I think it's okay. And I think just it, it's – I think the, the best tool is the one that matches the business needs and the business's budget and and takes work off their desk as quick as possible. And for my team, that's still a start till Asana um, with boards and lists. And yeah. and we're looking at teamwork as a stack at the moment, like all of their tools together. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, no matter how big you are or your team is, should I say, and how big your projects are, if it's if it's working and everyone's on the same system and understands the system, then it's not fundamentally flawed. Yeah. Um, you really only need to address new new business needs in order to choose, or your client's business needs, to choose new and shiny. The other one that I've, that I've seen that I quite like that's, I guess, somewhere in between because it's so connected to GitHub is a tool called ZenHub, which, which is a Chrome extension that works... Yeah, it's Google Chrome, and it connects to your GitHub repository. So if mm. you're a team collaborating using Git for all your code, you can use ZenHub to create boards over the top of your GitHub repo. So if we're talking about having a backlog and a list of all of the jobs that you have to do and you're tagging them with all of the you know, high priority or lower priority or you're doing things like estimating, which is not something we've covered here, but again, is another whole... Yeah. Conversation. Um, Zen Hub is actually uh, actually really really nice way to manage and organise your GitHub repo. Cool. 
It's not. It's it's free for open source projects. So if you've got an open project that's not private, it's free. I think it costs you. But certainly, we found that was kind of a bridge between um, Asana because it's Asana is not tied to your repo, um, and Jira, which is the you know the next kind of big heavy tool. It's kind of somewhere in between. And I know GitHub was trying to add boards or is doing stuff called projects, I think, which is. Some of the way there, Zen Hub's just a little bit further on down the track. We, I know our team, oh, our team, WP, I speak, <laughs> WP Elevation um, members have started getting on board this thing called Airtable, which from what I understand is kind of somewhere between a project management, like task management tool and a database. And okay. it, it, it allows you to connect lots of things to different things and it's, you know, <sighs> I it's have to like, like this tools, is right? this is the one I just get a bit scared and 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 I get scared when I get excited about one because I really want to use it but I'm like I don't have time to ingest that and make that work for us right now and I, but, I don't but yeah, you, have, you have to ask that question though what problem is it solving do yes, I have a problem that exactly. all my tools at the moment aren't solving yes and I do have and one of those I, problems okay. and I am looking at it however however um, I am thinking that if I'm the one who has to implement it, then it's probably not going to get done for a while because my time is just <laughs> smashed at the moment. Yeah. Dear, you're awesome. Have you got a, like a if you could give us any kind of final thought on project management and and your sort of philosophy on it or your thoughts on it as a whole? What you you where 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 you start and where you finish? Like, what is the most important thing to keep in mind? Um, and what are, what is something that you need to do at the end of the projects in order to, I guess, keep 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 them going well? You you were just about to give away my takeaway there. Give I think. away. I think, so. <laughs> I think, I think for me well. the the best takeaway is that each project gives you an opportunity to do the next one better. Um, so for me, reviewing regularly even for you know when I'm talking about time slots that we we work in at the end of each time slot we're looking at the looking at how that slot's gone or that sprint has gone which you know is for us is a two-week period how did what did we what went well what didn't go so well what can we do better next time because each time we go through that next period we want to do better than we did last time and I think being able to look at your project, get honest feedback from the client and the team that you're working with about what's working, what's not working, and continually improve to keep moving forward, I think is probably the smartest thing to do in anything, actually, not just project management. Not just project management skills for life. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with us at WP Elevation Podcast and particularly for getting on live with me, live, <laughs> semi-live, on video with me. Every Saturday morning, right? So, I know, so. I know. <laughs> um, so, where's the best place if anyone got to get in touch with you? What's the best oh. way they can hit you up? Well, heck, um, pretty much if you Google the Web Princess, you'll find me, but probably the best place is in the WP Australia or the WordPress.org Slack channels. Um, my handle there is the Web Princess, or if you're in Brisbane and at WordCamp uh, Brisbane next weekend, you'll find me there too. Come say hi. Cool. Dude, thank you so much. 
I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the podcast as much as I did. Please remember to visit wpelevation.com and review the notes for this episode. Leave your comments and download the cheat sheet for the tools we here at WP Elevation use in our everyday workflows. If you love what we're doing, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and you can do so by visiting wpelevation.com forward slash iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to your company on the next episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Until then, go elevate. Go elevate.